0: Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times.
1: We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. Hello everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems
2: Podcast. We are back and this week we are talking about contracts. Uh, contracts are something that we learned in our family group. It is something that you set up with your partner. Just kind of rules and laid out um, kind of just expectations because in the beginning things are just kind of up in the air. You don't know what's going on so it really helps people, um, helps couples at least in our case, kind of figure out and how to navigate the early days so Alex do you want to <laughs> share <laughs> yeah I think you were the first one out of us to do a contract yeah, yeah
1: I think so and then I think you provided like a template for us <laughs> got, like,
0: I think it, yeah I think that my template got passed around to a few people but yeah sure which we would we would be willing to share yeah email us at hello at com, yeah. and
2: we will share the contract with you if you don't know where to start.
0: Yes, I'd be happy to do that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess the first thing maybe we should talk about like what is a contract and the purpose of it. Um, so, I, I don't even, do you guys remember how the idea of a contract was even brought up? This is not my original idea. I don't remember. Were we talking about it in group or something? Do you guys remember?
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah something that regularly came up in our family support group. And it usually would come up when a family member was at a point like where their life just like felt so chaotic. And they were constantly feeling like, Oh, my loved one needs this from me, or they're doing this. And I don't know what to do and or like, not sure how to respond. And I feel like our our therapist or other people in the group would be like, you really need to like think through and put down a contract of, I think from our side, it helps us to think through like, what are the things that I'm willing to live with or not live with? Like, or what are the things that I need to feel safe in this relationship and feel secure? And And then when you have that roadmap kind of in place, then it makes it easier to respond when situations come up and you don't feel so panicked of like what do i do like you know they they failed a drug test so what does that mean do i kick them out do i make them sleep on the couch do i like i don't know you already sort of have that laid out for you in a time where you have we're maybe in a like calm state clear-minded and were able to think through those things because in the moment you're everything's just swirling around in your brain you can't really like make a clear decision
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I remember like when things would happen it would feel I mean I I would always have like a very emotional response and not necessarily like a logical response because at that time everything was just it was just so chaotic and I think that I was you know dealing with a lot of like stress and like confusion about what life was and what was happening um so I remember like the first time Um, we implemented the contract was after a few months of attempted recovery, not going well. So um, I I remember it was in the summer when he first went to a treatment center. And when that happened, I thought, like, I just felt like, I think a lot of us do, like, super optimistic. And I was just really hopeful. And like, I had like, all of these, like, very positive feelings about, okay, like it's just going to keep getting better from here. And it didn't. And uh, I felt like it just got worse and worse for a while. Like there are a lot of relapses. And then I think just the recovery process brought out a lot. It expedited a lot of things for him. Um, just like brought out a lot of emotion and triggers and like just kind of unearthed some of that. And so, yeah, um, I don't know. It was just like, there were these series of relapses. It seemed like every couple of weeks and then it got a little bit longer every month or whatever, but it was just getting to this point of like, I was just drained and tired of the cycle. And also I just felt like he wasn't really committed. I kind of felt like he was just like doing the bare minimum to like appease me essentially. Um, so it just kind of got to this point where, um, yeah, I was just like, I just feel like he I'm just living in his world. And this is just going around and around. And I don't know what I want to do. And so I think, during a moment of clarity after a meeting or something, I just found out about a contract. And it was like, Oh, yeah, that's what I need to do. So essentially, what we did was, I outlined kind of my boundaries. So it focused really on like, what do I want in this relationship? And like, what do I need for this to work? And it just defined those. So I think, at the, the first one was kind of um, pretty restrictive, I think, like for him. Like it was like I expect him to go to so many meetings a week. Um, I was going to randomly drug test him at home. Um, you know, there are things about him working the steps and just like things that I felt were um, going to be like the key components for him to, to be sober and to so, like this whole thing to work out. In in hindsight, that wasn't really the best use of a contract, but um it was what I felt was appropriate at the time for me and you know, it kind of evolved since then, but I was really focused on like how does this work? And I was like I basically outlined his recovery. yeah cool um i basically like outlined his recovery which at the time i was like well these are my boundaries because if this happens then we're on the right track um so essentially the concept so it was like laid out like what i expected So sorry Mm -hmm.
1: so maybe you were going to touch on this but when you say in hindsight maybe that wasn't the best way what what do you mean by that or why do you say that
0: well i think that um That contract in particular was really focused on controlling his behaviors.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: Um, Which I. And you did it. And you did it without him. I mean, he agreed to it. But yeah. I mean, I I created it myself and was like, presented it like, this is an ultimatum. Do you agree? Yes or no. (laughs) And we signed a physical piece of paper and put it on the refrigerator. And. And it was just, like, not, like, when I think back, it was, like, I was pushing that on him. That wasn't something that he came to on his own. And then by having him, like, basically agree to this in a way that he didn't participate and then put it on the fridge was, like, constantly reminding him that of this, like, I don't know. It felt very suffocating to both of us, I think. Um so, yeah, but at the time i didn't know, we didn't know any better and i i all I knew was if you're going to meetings, if you're working the steps, then the chances are that you won't relapse, and that's what I cared about at the time yeah. Um, so yeah it it just wasn't it didn't work for his person it wasn't the best approach like for us as a couple for him as a person like I mean it it very much made me feel like the enforcement officer of our home and not a wife and the supportive the supportive role of a wife Um, so yeah I mean it wasn't perfect but we it had was a starting a, place, we so. had a few other attempts at them, so we we refined yeah. the process um, but um, yeah, so they basically had like expectations, and then the next component of it was a consequence, or like what I would do if those things weren't met um, and you know, I think at that time, I was really tired of the merry go round, and I just kind of felt like he was just doing. Whatever you had to do to get me to stay, so my consequence was leaving. It's like separating. Like this isn't gonna work. Um, you know, whatever. So that's ended, and ultimately, what ended up happening. And um, yeah, so the con- like the contract for us was just kind of an accelerator of something that I feel like was ultimately gonna happen, but it helped me stand my ground way sooner. So I wasn't living in this like this monotony of like, sort of recovery relapse for years, you know, kind of just like gave me an out because in in the moment of a relapse, I I always feel like really compassionate towards him. And then like, I feel like I react with more emotion, like, you know, well, I care about you. And I see that you're hurting, and I want you to be well, and I want to support you. Um, And not always with like the logic of like, well, Alex, you've done this for, you know, 6 months now and it's the same thing like, you know, I w- I wouldn't always think like that. So the contract gave me like a clear path, like an actionable path.
1: Yeah, and kind of like holds you accountable too, like when you know that you've said these things out loud and maybe you've told other people like you told mm-hmm. Elise and I, then it sort of like makes you stronger when it comes down to like following through on those consequences because you're like, well, I have now told people, this is what I'm going to do. Like it makes you maybe think a little bit more about whether you're going to like back down or not.
0: Yeah. It's really hard to, even after, like,
1: I know when I had like last summer um, when I ended up kicking, kicking Jake out, like that was one thing that crossed my mind. Like I had talked about previously, like, you know, the next time that he relapses, like he has to be out of the house. And then in that moment when it happened, like I felt like I was faltering a little bit, but I I thought about my counselor and being like, oh, I don't want to go back and tell her that I didn't follow through with my boundary, and like I thought about you guys, like, oh, what if I tell them, like, oh, never mind, I didn't. And So I was like, it gave that little extra strength to push through in a moment where you know it it feels so hard to do it
0: yeah I mean and you don't always want to do it even after you've talked oh. about doing it for so long and then it's like when you're so mad at them and mm-hmm. yeah yeah then it's like well but maybe I can just give
1: them one more
0: chance <laughs> I Before get
1: it thinking like well what if something happens like worse when they're not here because I didn't like you know your mind starts playing all those what if scenarios and trying to trick you into changing your mind I guess
2: And I think what's, what's interesting um, is you said, like, when you kicked Jake out, well, you didn't kick Jake out. He chose to leave. And I think for me, that's something like, that you have to, like, put your brain around that if you both mutually agree to the terms of the contract, they violate the terms of the contract. Like, you got to be out. So like, if you don't pay your landlord, you don't have a place to live type of thing. So That's Um, true.
1: That's something we bring up in our group a lot because people have a hard time with the, like the phrase, kick them out. Um, And so trying to reframe that into, hey, you've given them options and they made a choice that resulted in them having to leave. Like it puts some of the responsibility back on the addict rather than like, oh, we're the bad guy for enforcing these consequences that we've already talked about Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and a lot of times you know ultimately it's the best thing for them to have a consequence and to not have the opportunity to do the same thing over and over again so while it's super hard sometimes it works out to be like one of the best things for them you know I mean in my experience um Charlie has you know there was one time with where, where a contract was implemented and he kind of went on like a three-day thing and he just was like i'm just gonna be a drug addict that's my life Like this is who i want to be and it lasted about three days um before i like had an even more severe consequence which was landing in jail but um sometimes those like really hard like fine do it on your own and see what where this addiction leads you and like being faced with a severe consequence which is hopefully jail and not something more serious like if they get another chance to try um can can help their recovery move along way faster you know at least that's what what was true for charlie you know those moments were always where it was like okay Though this is not what I want to do. And, you know, being very dedicated to recovery and learning more and you know, getting a little bit further along in his self like development. Um, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's like, it, I think it's necessary sometimes or it has been for us at least. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I think for me, so Steve, you know, we never, um, had a a written contract because I don't think we learned about this um, when, uh, when Steve and I were going through this, but we, you know, we always had like the verbal contracts of if you use like, these are what's going to happen. And so, you know, I think also it is not only a contract for them, but it helps check our codependency. Mm Hmm. And it helps, like, us check ourselves, too, like, with some of this, you know, behavior that we've kind of grown accustomed to.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Yeah, it definitely brings it out. So, and, you know, and I will say the only contract that I have had, which I morphed into this because I didn't have a contract with Steve, um, you know, I had found out that my brother was living in his car. Um, like, oh, right before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving one year and told him, you know, you can't live out in the cold in your car during this time of year. Anyway, so I implemented a contract with him and unfortunately, like, I don't think that he has a healthy relationship with drugs or alcohol Mm. and he violated a part of the contract. Like I had him sign it, made sure that we mutually kind of agreed upon it. Um, And he violated a portion of the contract and vividly to this day, I can remember he was just laid out in our spare bedroom and I sat on the bed and I said, look, you stole, like you signed a contract that you weren't going to steal. Like you have to go. And I was sobbing and he cried and he said, I understood. And it was the middle of February and it was for reason. And I knew that he was going to have to live in his car, but I had no choice. Like he had to go. Yeah. Like, and it was just, it was so sad. I helped him pack. I mean, there was no, bad feelings i mean so i think that was what was good about the contract in our situation it wasn't i didn't have to blow up on him and be like you stole no it was you did this and we agreed that you weren't going to do this and now you have to leave why did you do this and it was just Mm. it was sad thankfully he has a place to live now which is great but um yeah that was probably one of the most difficult things i've had to do in my life
1: yeah
0: yeah, yeah, I think you made so. a good point that it's, like, it's it's less drama, less emotional. Like, once the contract has been violated or the boundary has been crossed, it's, like, very matter-of-fact. you are got to know yeah. what to do. It's easier to react in a very calm and like, <laughs> rational way. Maybe I that's mean...
1: where I still have work to do. Because <laughs> 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 I still feel like when... You know things like happen like that. Like when I found out he was using, like my initial reaction is pretty emotional. Like I might then follow the things, but I don't don't think I'm at a point yet where I can take the emotion out of it and just be like, "Well, you did this. We agreed to that, and so this is the next step." Like, I don't know. I've gotten better. Like less. I feel like less angry. Like I think in the past maybe i would be like more blowing up like how could you do this like i can't believe it blah 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 and um i feel like it's less like that but there's still a lot of sadness and tears but
0: oh yeah i mean i definitely agree with that but at least in the moment yeah. i know what to do and it doesn't spiral into this thing where i'm like being manipulated again right, right.
2: that's the worst the manipulation man oh
0: it's hard, you know? It's a survival mechanism for them, you know? Right. And it's... I think, like, at least for Charlie, it's always, like, whatever he talks about, like, I know he wants the stuff he's talking about, you know? Like, I know he wants to be sober, and I know, like... But he just, like, can't... He, he in those moments, thinks he can't do it. And... um I used to, like, be, like, the savior type, you know, where I'd be, like, well, I'll help you. We can do it together. Just do what I say, follow what I say, and it will be good, you know? It's, like, very cult-like, almost, like, <laughs> but I, I just want to take care of them. It, I don't know. It's probably something with my codependency or something where it's, like, well, that's okay. If you want it, I'll help you, and we'll get there together, and it's, like, that's not how this works. Right. Uh But I think
1: that's why, like what you were saying earlier about like early on contracts had like, Oh, you're going to go to this many meetings. And I've done that too. And something that I'm trying to check myself on is like, okay, is there a magic number of meetings for him to go to? Like, yes, I, I think that it's important if he's going to, you know, a few meetings a week, but it's really about more of like how engaged he is in it. Like. If he's going to three meetings a week, but not sharing and not connecting with people like that's not actually doing any good for what like the goal is of sobriety. And in a way, it's like a false security for me because I can be like, oh, check the box. He went to three meetings this week, Um, but that could mean nothing. And there have been times where he has been using and still going to meetings and I'm like, oh, so I'm I'm trying to get away from that idea of like, a magic number of meetings, and paying more attention to just like, what is his overall engagement, like with the recovery community and like, and I feel like I've noticed with me backing off on that, this time around. That he's like going or meetings just on his own anyway because it's like coming from what he actually wants to do um but and, and i feel like that's a hard thing to like capture in a contract though because i i think that's where contracts get a little daunting is you want to have things that you can like quantify but putting saying like oh three meetings a week or five meetings a week like if we're saying right now like oh that doesn't actually mean anything like then how do you capture that essence in your contract
2: yeah but I think I think a point too is I mean you guys aren't necessarily writing out contracts now you're how many years into this but when you're two months into this three months into it yes you are gonna go to three meetings a week and yes you are gonna get a Vivitrol shot and yes you will be in counseling I mean I think there's things in the beginning even if it's a forced go to three, four, five, six meetings a week. Like they need that.
1: That's true. One, I think that's something also that can come from be like, well, what's your sponsor like saying? Because their, their sponsors will have expectations of them. Like, you know, Jake's was like, Oh, you need, we're going to meet once a week. So like that could be something that then I would work into a contract. Like, Hey, this is something that you and your sponsor have decided is important for your recovery. Like, So I feel like that should happen. Um, So that could help maybe guide some of what you're deciding. And yeah, like especially that really early on and maybe for someone who's brand new, like they should be going to as many meetings as they can and all of that. I think it gets a little like hairier once things, like when you've had a long period of someone doing well and then trying to figure out like how does that evolve so that if a relapse does happen after, six months or a year or two years like how are you going to handle it then
0: yeah I think that there's a part of the the whole process when like you're kind of in the center of all their chaos and that's the point like I think what the Um, contract that you mentioned, Elise, with your brother is like your your boundaries are less about their recovery and more about what you're comfortable enduring. So it's like, okay, you can say, well, you won't steal or you can say, you know, whatever it is like that's relevant to your situation don't lie to me, like, um, being, being home by a certain time, communicating with me about where you are. Like, there are certain things that are not even recovery based, but are like, even before that, where it's like, you know, you're just protecting your own sanity. And those are the, the things that come first, in my opinion, you know, like you have to accomplish like that. And then once the person has agreed that they also want recovery recovery like they want to recover and they want to do they're a willing participant in recovery I think that's when um you know you put more structure around meetings because otherwise if you're forcing this person that isn't ready to just like commit to going to these meetings then I think you get the outcome of you know like that had happened with Charlie at one point where he's like well I'll just sit out in the parking lot in front of this meeting you know like you don't like it's it's kind of pointless um, to, to implement those things before they're really willing to, and ready to commit to recovery. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that's funny when you were saying that it reminded me when we did our episode with Charlie and we talked about contracts a little bit with him. I remember him saying like, oh yeah, the contracts like were not for me. Like I didn't like them and he was like they were definitely more for Alex and we were like yes that's the point so mm-hmm. they cuz he i think he was saying like oh yeah i don't think they worked but from your viewpoint they did work because right. it you know pushed you to take care of yourself and to follow through on things so it was a a good reminder of how like the contracts are not even for them really so right
2: yeah, But I mean, but on the flip side, you know, if you do it together, you know, you can, the, the, the partner can be like, well, don't ride my ass type of thing. You know, right. like we said, I'd go to three meetings, so don't push me to go to a fourth, you know? Uh, so I think for them as well, there's a little bit of boundaries,
0: yeah. Which Well, and I also think it works better if you do it together. Like it, it uh, it's more of a mutual agreement than like, um like
2: a ultimatum like you said earlier
0: yeah or like i'm like the police officer of the home you know it's like that's not what i want (laughs) to be um i just want to be a respected part of a mutual relationship and i mean it's a very simple agreement like don't lie to me and uh don't die um also don't go to jail and keep your job yes (laughs) these are the things i need yeah
2: you know, it's so funny. So um, I was talking about this with Steve. So his sponsor, who's probably been clean for, I don't know, 10, 15 years now, um, has a contract or his wife had a contract um, and they signed it with their young child, young son. They have one kid. And apparently it's hanging on the back of their garage door and with a date. So they see it every day.
1: Wow. Oh, which That's I think
2: interesting.
0: is interesting. That
1: is. Interesting. Yeah. Is it? like their original contract or is it something they update regular? okay so it's like more of like a, a reminder of where they started and how far they've come and all of that
2: yeah apparently i think it's like in a frame like on the back of the garage door which i think is interesting
1: that is interesting i've yeah. never
2: met them actually i met him we were in a drugstore one time the sponsor and it was like oh oops this is your sponsor oh no i feel weird <laughs> i felt like i was like getting in on their relationship that is yeah but anyway Liz so what about you like you've had some contracts like
1: um so I was thinking about that like I don't we've not really had a very like official contract and this might I think this is worth saying that I don't think a contract has to be like multiple bullet points like thinking back I feel like one of my First contracts was um, after Jake's like first relapse. He was like two years into recovery and had relapsed like drinking and things. And one of the, when I found out, like we had a discussion and the agreement was like, okay, you've been going to meetings and doing things. So like, obviously that's not enough. There needs to be more. And um, so one of the like stipulations was that we would start couples counseling so we, we didn't like specifically write that down on anything. And I, I don't, I didn't say like, you have to do this or I'm out, but it was like, in order for this relationship to be successful and continue, like you need to be sober and what you're doing is not enough. So we need to like, do something more. Um, and so that's when we started going to couples counseling. Um, I'm trying to think somewhere another time. I think that's when we've added in. Oh, that might've also been the time where it was like, okay, it's serious. Like you need to get a a real sponsor. Like he'd been dragging his feet on that. So I think that time was the period was like, okay, counseling and a sponsor, like those are two things that like need to happen in order for this relationship to move forward. Um, I do remember at one point, like writing things down on a napkin, like where we both wrote stuff on a napkin and like sort of, I don't know if we signed that, but like we kept that like in the kitchen and it had things like, you know, gonna meet with my sponsor weekly, gonna go to meetings, continue counseling, we'll take, I guess at the time it would have been Suboxone. He was on Suboxone for a while. Um, And so that was something that we had in place. I feel like, Where we've always sort of struggled is in that evolution of, you know, when you get six months down the road and things are going well, we don't revisit that. It's sort of like the contract becomes like, not like not void because it just seems like things are just naturally happening. So you're not really putting as much focus into like the actual contract or maybe you don't need to go to that many meetings, but we don't necessarily have a discussion of like, oh, like your recovery is progressing or our relationship is mending and the trust is getting better. So what does this next phase of the contract look like? And I feel like we're kind of in that position right now, like when he first moved back in March um Oh, I should have looked it up. I think I wrote it down on some construction paper. It might be thrown away. But, like, I wrote down, like, three things that I needed in order for him to, like, be here. And it was, like, taking, continue to, like, take Vivitrol, um, meeting with his sponsor, and, like, staying engaged with meetings, maybe. I don't, I feel like those all sound like they were probably on there. Um <laughs> And so when we were having that discussion of if he was moving back in, I was like, well, these are things that I need. And then part of what he needed also was like, sort of what you touched on earlier of like, well, don't like ride me on like checking in, like, are you doing this? Are you going to a meeting? And so that was something I agreed on also of just trusting that if he said he's going to do three meetings in that week, then like. On Wednesday, I better not start being like, um, you've only done one meeting. When are you going to the rest of them? Like, give the whole week and then see what happened. Um, so, but we've not like revisited that now. Things are just, seem to be going well. So it's probably. So, but do
2: you think that they've gone, I mean, so this is, so you've done this in the past. So yeah. like, do you feel that you should address it again? Or do you feel comfortable with it kind of just going on a flow? So here, (laughs) so, okay, answer that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe it's something that I need to at least address with myself to, like, reinforce, I don't know, like, with myself of, like, okay, so at this point, if I were to find out he's using, like, is he immediately kicked out? Or is it like based on, oh, it was a one time use? Or so this is making me think that I'm not really sure about my stance on that at the moment either.
0: <laughs> yeah, for me, it's because we've gone through this a lot. It's, I just know if like what my boundary is and mine is a relapse. Like if he relapses again, then relapses again, then he's out like for. I'm not saying we're getting divorced, but I'm just saying that it's hap- that would have been like three times in three years kind of thing. And for to me, that's a pattern. And like this winter is going to be a huge thing for us. Like it's something we're already talking about um, because he typically does really well all year. And then the winter months are hard. And that's when he relapses every like it's been the last three years. He, um, he's relapsed in the winter. So, um, yeah, that, that's for me because for me, it's like, I, we have a kid now and all kinds of other things like responsibilities and I just don't want to deal with like that. So if you choose that, then you're, you got to figure out how to resolve it on your own. Like I just, you have to leave. So we have that, like we've talked, we've talked about that for a long time. Um, so I mean... I don't know when, it, and it may not happen this year and it may happen next year, but I would still, I think until that next thing happens, like hopefully it doesn't, but that's my, my mind, that's my boundary. So whenever it happens, so I don't really micromanage what he does in the meantime. Um, He knows like now we're to a point where he knows what's on the line and what I expect and that is to stay a productive member of this family and not like cause problems for us um so <laughs> in some way um so yeah and that's kind of where I'm at. so yeah whatever he does like there there are certain things where he'll like be like I'm gonna cancel counseling this week and it's like okay fine but you know what you need and if you feel like you can still support your recovery and skip counseling this week then that's on you but if you can't that's also on you. Um, So I don't, I mean, it's very freeing for me, but also a little scary. And as we're approaching, which is, I think one of the reasons why I suggested we talk about this, because as we're approaching winter, um, COVID has kind of really messed up the Vivitrol process for him at the, he typically gets it at the VA, Mm. but they're not seeing people in person now. So essentially like the VA has, poor a a low quality of care in the first place and then you had COVID on top of it and it's just like non-existent which really makes me mad like when I think about how like they have basically neglected a life-saving drug for a drug addict um, it makes me very very angry but yeah, luckily it's been okay but essentially he's had a hard time keeping his prescription filled because typically they want to see you in person they want to check your like blood level like they want to do blood work they want to do all this stuff but you can't do over a telehealth appointment so
1: it's it, um, when you say prescription filled he's on the like pill version yeah of it, now the like nalt- naltrexone.
0: yeah ever since covid hit and they haven't been seeing them in person um oh. they've been sent they all just they did like a prescription of the pills to hold them over it's gone on longer than i think anyone really anticipated um So in that time, it was always kind of like this temporary prescription and it just, he's had a really hard time, like keeping it filled essentially. So there have been gaps in how I was taking it. So one of my things that we've been talking about is like, I don't care what you have to do. If you have to make an appointment with our primary care provider, if you have to find someone else to give you this, like you must be on this all winter. We... There's not talking about it because he also like just doesn't want to be on it anymore. He's been on it for like three years, and he's it's he's right. He probably shouldn't be on it like long term like that. But um, I I don't care, and at least until we get to, to to spring, like we can talk about it then. But the last like your track record for the for winter is terrible, and there's no negotiating this. Like, sorry, no matter how well you've been doing for the last 10 months it just doesn't it doesn't matter to me because I don't want to deal with a relapse I don't want to do any of that so the sure thing is you take this every morning like oh that's another thing I said like you take it every morning there's no like forgetting in the morning and then taking it that night which sometimes happens but in the winter that's not it's no no tolerance and i told him like this week you have to get that filled this week or you can just go now because (laughs) to me that's like i I just like he needs some urgency around it because it's important to me so yeah um so yeah that's the that's the thing for us like we've just been talking about that a lot but it's just all like he understands um but to him it's like he's like yeah i'll get on it and it's like no you'll get on it right now (laughs) because
1: I need more urgency.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So why don't you share your experience with that, Liz?
1: Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) and this is an example of something like that we didn't really, I guess, how we addressed it at the beginning when he first moved in, but then we've not, we didn't put a timeline on like, oh, you're going to be on Vivitrol for this long. Because if you remember when he moved in, we also didn't really put a timeline on how long he was going to move in. It was like okay, these are unprecedented times. No one knows what's going on. Like, we're just going to see how things go. And then they've just been continuing. Um, But Jake was furloughed from work and then was officially like kicked off of his insurance like at the end of June, which was what covered Vivitrol. And so he was able to get one more shot in July. Like it kind of worked out well. And then when it was time to get the August shot, like his, he was trying to get on um, like hip or something like that. And none of that stuff had gone through. And so like the day before his appointment, I said, Oh, Hey, like the Vivitrol appointments tomorrow. Right. And he was like, yeah. So they called me. I totally forgot to tell you this. Like they can't give me another shot because I don't have insurance. And I'm like, what's like, I, I was just like blindsided. And so I already felt myself get like anxious and like, Oh my gosh, panicky. And he said, but you know, they said they could give me like the pills. Like if I just came in as a doctor's visit, I would have to pay for that and then pay for the pills, but it's way less than paying $1,600 for a Vivitrol shot uninsured, which that's absurd. Um, And so I was like, okay then he continued and was like yeah so I'm I've been thinking though like I'm not sure do I even need to stay on be on Vivitrol and like that just like threw me because I in my mind which is something we had not discussed but I was like oh we won't even talk about this until the year mark probably and this was like the eight month mark So it's just like What? And I felt panicky and caught off guard and I didn't have any sort of like contract to reference. So then I just started throwing things out like, Well, if you don't get it, like I don't know if you can live here. And he was like, Where's what? Where's that coming from? Like I'm doing all of these things and if my sponsor and I talk about it and so I was like, I can't have this conversation right now. Like I felt myself getting worked up. I called the lease, talked to her a little bit. She was like I don't know, Elise, but I can't even remember what you like told me. I feel like it was a blur, so if they're <laughs> like throw in right now.
2: I mean, it was just, you know, it was real shitty of him to, to do that to you. I mean, I was pissed about that. But then, you know, he said he was willing to take the, the pills, which is like, okay, it's not like he's trying to ditch and, you know, whatever. Um, and I think it was just kind of nice to to step away from him and and chat because I think you were you were all worked up in the beginning and then it was like well I think you both just kind of came in hot yeah (laughs) And maybe if you both would have just taken a step back it would have been a different conversation it
1: started like snowballing like when he said well maybe I don't even need it when we talked about it later he was like I was just trying to process thoughts he was like it didn't mean I wasn't going to go and get it. It's just, he's like, it's been something I've not really thought about because I just go once a month, I get the shot. It's covered. I'm done. He said, but then once it, this like roadblock came up, it was like, Oh, you don't have insurance. It's not going to be in cover, like covered. Then I started thinking like, well, do I, do I actually need it? Like, you know, he feels like Vivitrol is not the thing keeping him clean, which is is true. But for my side, it's a nice like security blanket that he's not going to like die. And so um, after like a discussion, like I talked to Elise, he talked to his sponsor and his sponsor standpoint was like from a recovery place, like I don't think that you like need it. But this sounds more like a relationship thing that you guys need to like work on. And he was like, I'm not getting involved in in that decision. Um, And so it ended up that he agreed to like get the pills. And it's something that we're we are continuing to talk about. And if he gets to a point where he like really doesn't think that he needs to be on it, like I'm opening to, open to discussing that. I was just like, I can't be blindsided like the day before of saying, oh, maybe I won't go. So, his pill prescription is for two months, so at least I know he's on it for then.
2: But didn't he say something kind of shitty, like he's taking it begrudgingly or only because of you or something?
1: Um, He said...
2: Or because he has no other choice?
1: He felt like, he was like, I feel like this isn't actually my choice of if I feel like I need to take this or not because he's like if you're telling me either I take this or I'm out of the house then like where does that leave me for like making the choice about my own recovery if I feel like I don't need the medicine for my recovery which I can kind of understand but I, I was like you do have a choice I guess you're deciding like how much is this relationship worth like compromising or so he felt like I guess in a way like he was being forced into it but at the end of the day he made the choice to do it so that he could stay I don't know yeah well
2: I think we've had a really good conversation about contracts um you guys want to do like a check-in Sure. sure i kind of already did oh yeah well yeah. let me i'll tell you i'll tell you this story so i got all hot and bothered the other day <laughs> um so i think i had shared that steve hurt his back or he started running or whatever and went to the doctor the doctor gave him prescription pills um, muscle relaxers we were uncomfortable the whole nine yards and like two months later, which was just like a couple weeks ago, I went and got my physical, which was with this doctor. And I'm like, I'm gonna fucking light this doctor up. I was like, I'm gonna let him do my physical and then I'm gonna light his ass up, right? Cause he's like <laughs> 28, 30, maybe like our age. And I'm like, fuck this dude. So anyway, I go through the whole physical. And he's like, well, is there anything else you wanna talk about? And I was like, actually, doctor. I almost said his name. I was like, actually, doctor, I'm actually very upset with you. And he was like, "Uh Oh, what did I do? And I'm like, bitch, I'm about to drop this shit. So then I just told him, I'm like, listen, like you're fucking with my life. I said, you didn't seem to give a shit when you gave my husband more pills than he told you he wanted. You prescribed more. I said, you could be killing my husband. I said, it's not about the pill that it's a non-narcotic because he started to go into well I looked it up and it's a non-narcotic and I said it is not about that I said he loves pills I said so you're you 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 could be taking away my husband from my daughters you could be killing my husband I said this is bigger than giving a muscle relaxer and he was very nice about it he appreciated that I brought it to his attention um he uh um I think he was trying to relate, um, a little bit, but he's not had recovery or addiction in his life. So he tried to pull out some type of story, but it just didn't really match. (laughs) And we had a conversation. He had even sent me an email after, and he said, I totally understand if you and your husband no longer want to see me. I get it. Like, and I was like, okay, you know? And so I, I think he handled it well. I told, um, Steve about it, and yeah, like, what I did still Steve want you to- say? Yeah, so Steve was like, I still want to give him a chance, And I'm like, dude, like he's on the last fucking string. If he tries to pull some bullshit, you know, again, I'm like, Steve, it is not worth it to see this doctor over another doctor, you know, so yeah, well, but it was
1: yeah,
2: and then I-, <laughs> I sent him our podcast. I was like, if you'd like to get more information on recovery, I was like, please listen in. He so, didn't respond to that he part.
1: Are listening right now.
2: Yes, doctor, I I appreciate <laughs> you listening. So, um so yeah, that was uh that was an interesting thing for me cuz he just didn't get it.
1: Yeah. So ho- no, hopefully problem. now he does. So I'm glad you were able to like get it off your chest and you know, share those concerns. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's an interesting topic for maybe like a whole it's a it's own episode, but we had a similar yeah. experience when Charlie had surgery and I had to, like, literally tell them, you cannot send home this. Like, I think he was on narcotics for, like, one, in, like, a day and a half or something. And they were like, well, we'll just give you this prescription and you can just throw away with whatever. And, like, that's not how this works. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So. so what about
2: you, Liz? I, I guess I'm kind of interested. Like, where are you with your your timeline, your life with Jake? Like are you just Ooh. like
1: I don't yeah. I feel like I don't have a different answer from the last few times that you've asked me. Like I feel like we're just living our life and feeling fine about it. So
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No. No, but you did
2: become an aunt recently, so congratulations on that.
1: I will say that probably has gotten, like, the baby feels, you know, going. (laughs) That is a situation that we need to revisit.
0: I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So has he said anything about it, like, since since your niece has been born or anything, like he so met her and like got baby fever too or <laughs> <laughs> um, just ask me. I don't he is not
1: kind of baby fever I don't think. I mean he's like looks at all of the pictures and is like oh that's so cute or like he'll sometimes be like oh did you see the picture that your sister posted or so he's like seems like into it but I wouldn't say that he's like hey Liz let's have a baby mm-hmm. um He actually has not met her because his, um, his aunt passed away last week, like the same right around the same timing that the baby was born. So he ended up going to like the funeral. And so then he was around people and like, I had gotten tested. So just to make sure that they're being very cautious. So he did not, he has not met her yet, but I was like, nothing is standing in the way of me meeting this baby. (laughs) that's awesome so yeah i don't know okay just hold hold me accountable i will have to have a discussion with him it's like one of the things where it's like hard to bring up when it's like oh like things feel nice and like we're enjoying being together and like i don't know it feels like everything feels fine and i don't necessarily want to disturb that
0: if that makes sense Yeah, but it's like, I think that the reason you're asked that from us a lot is just because you, like, you know, a year ago or whatever, told us that, you know, this certain timeline was very important to you. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's kind of like what I was saying earlier. It's like, it's easy to forget what's important to you. when you like care about this other person and you're like you want to be respectful and compassionate about them and what they're doing and like supportive but at the same time I think it's really easy to lose like what's important to me yeah so I mean if you were to tell us like this is all I want this is great this is like um you know I'm happy with this then I think we would all be like okay cool but because you had like you obviously really want those things and like naturally who doesn't um you know it's it's something like okay are you doing what you want you know is this that are you being intentional about like this is the path that you want your life to go or are you kind of waiting
1: which is yeah no i mean that's a good point i think where i've always struggled with is like how to put a timeline on it cuz it's like i know that i want to have a baby um And Mm -hmm. like, marriage is something I've been like, iffy on, I'm like, okay, dude, does marriage have to happen first or whatever? Like, I think I would like to be married, but like determining like when that is that I won't like, want it to happen by. And then it's also like, I want it to happen with him, but I want him to be like sober and Mm -hmm. well, I don't know. It's hard. So that's hard to, like, figure
0: out. It's really hard. And it's hard, especially as a woman, because you're, like, well, you're getting – we're getting older. Right. It's, like, even with me, like, when we just had a baby, it, it definitely wasn't planned. But now here we are. And it's, like, okay, well, hopefully this works out. And um, thinking about, like, well, if I want another kid in my life, you know, it's, like, okay, well, I've started this thing now. And yeah, if so. I want... <laughs> And if I have this vision of, like, having two kids, well, I'm not – I'm getting older, too. And then there's, like, the other component of, like, well, I don't really want my son to be, like, super old – like, a lot older than his sibling. So there's – it kind of puts, like, this, like, invisible timeline on it and then, like – but then recovery is a part of it, too. And, yeah, I get it. It's – yeah. Yeah. So, well –
1: tmi but i have a iud and it has to be taken out next september Mm -hmm. so decisions have to be made before then Mm
0: -hmm. because in my
1: mind i've always thought and that was part of like my timeline in the past was like okay we're gonna get married and then that will give a couple years because then the iud will come out and i don't want to get it replaced like that would have been that was the idea and ideally i would like that to still be the case so yeah. well, I think, change. I mean, I think
2: it's interesting for you to say that you've been, you know, waving on marriage. Cause that used to be a, a thing for you.
1: I feel like we've talked about this before where I've said, I've always questioned if that was really a thing like me or like from society. Like maybe
2: where,
1: like, I don't necessarily feel very in touch on like, like, is that something that I really, really want? Like, I think that like, I, I guess I do want it because I, I think there's a sense of commitment there but like if it were to be like oh let's just like have a baby and deal with like a wedding or whatever later like I don't know it'd be fine because I also have conflicted feelings about weddings and stuff it's like on one hand I want to have a wedding and the celebration but the amount of money that is spent on weddings and things like <laughs> just like everything that then it all becomes about like the wedding rather than the intention mm-hmm. to it. So, yeah, I, need, right. I just need to get in touch with my actual feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Well, okay, everyone. Thank you as always, for listening to Boy Problems Podcast. Hopefully this kind of gave you some guidance into a contract and navigating early recovery and even recovery um, a few years out. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. Please share with your friends. We still have not shared on our own social media, so please share with your friends. We want everyone to know about us. Keep coming back thanks for tuning in to boy problems podcast if you enjoyed today's discussion be sure to rate review and subscribe to this episode find us on social media and if you have questions or ideas for topics email us at hello at